Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Just in case you missed it, uh, I'm Chow Sidoni. Uh, I've been coming to Rehope since February, actually. So it feels like a long time, but actually, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long. Um, but I am an intern on the Remain internship, and that's really fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. And I'm really excited uh, just to be able to speak to you today. Um, about peace. So uh, as I kind of launch in, I'm just trusting that God's going to use what I say, um, that you'll be blessed by it, that I'll be blessed by it, and that we'll have like a deeper understanding of his peace during this Advent season. So peace is like a really interesting concept. uh, And like as I was preparing for today, I was started thinking about all the images and all the thoughts that came to my mind uh, when I was thinking about peace. Um, And I think the idea of peace can be quite pictorial. So if you were here last week um, and you heard Crooksy talking about um, this place in the mountains and sometimes think about peace as like a really idyllic spot in the mountains or by a lake somewhere picturesque and beautiful where nobody's around, there's no interruption, there's, there's silence, there's stillness, there's beauty, all the concerns, all the pressures all the stresses just melt away in that moment. Or maybe the idea of peace takes you to like the 60s and the 70s, which were famous for the peace movement. Uh, Many people in the United States kind of uh, protesting against the government and the involvement in Vietnam and in the war. And it's that era that we get songs like uh, Happy Xmas, War is Over, from uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono, which was released in 1971. For many people, peace is the end of war. According to John and Yoko, um, achieving peace is really simple. Just stop fighting. And John is like, he's really nice to us. He even offers peace in a peaceful way. He says, war is over if you want it. For most of us, I imagine that peace seems like it's meant to be a feeling. Like, how do you describe this feeling. I think sometimes we like relate peace to like the absence of things. So it's like the feeling of no stress or no anxiety, no anger, no fear, no intrusive thoughts, just a state of calm nothingness within. But if we're being honest, and if I'm being honest, how often do we actually experience that nothingness, that calmness, that stillness within. Like, we live in a world that is loud and it's busy and there's conflict and there's danger and life is hard and it's stressful and there's so many priorities, responsibilities, so much expectation from everywhere, from everyone, so much to worry about. It's no wonder that we feel the need to escape 
you know, to get away, to go to the mountains, to go to the lake, to just find a place where we can even get a glimpse of peace, even just for a moment. And yet, my understanding from reading the Bible is that peace is supposed to be like a daily experience for the believer. Um, Galatians 5, 23 says that peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if you're a follower of Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit, then you have the fruit of peace. But why does it not always feel that way? Part of it is definitely because our circumstances are not often peaceful. And it's really hard to feel peace when everything around you and within is screaming panic. So I was thinking, and I had a thought, what if peace isn't a feeling? Like, what if it's, rather than a way of describing how we feel within, what if it's a way of describing a relationship? What if peace isn't experienced in the absence of things, but in things coming together? In case you're wondering, uh, I didn't make that up, by the way. Um, we already have language to, to describe this, because uh, a word we often use with peace is harmony. And harmony is a musical term, uh, and it can describe multiple uh, pitches or notes being played together at the same time to produce this unified, beautiful, pleasing sound. Things that are different coming together to become one. The perfect picture of peace and harmony. So if we think about peace as relational rather than emotional. How would that change the way we think about God? How would it change the way we think about ourselves? How would it change the way we think about Jesus arriving in the world 2,000-odd years ago? Our first um, Advent reading from today was uh, Isaiah 7, 14, which said... All right, then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This verse prophesied the arrival of a baby, but not an ordinary baby. This baby's birth was going to be a sign from the Lord, a sign pointing to one amazing truth that is found in his name. Emmanuel. Jesus is our Emmanuel. And the name Emmanuel means God with us. But why God with us? Why is that the sign? And don't get me wrong, there is something really special, something really, really special about the idea about Jesus' identity as the Son of God, about the reality of Jesus' identity as the Son of God, that God physically came to dwell on earth with us and that's special and that's something to celebrate but there's even more to it than that because God has always in one sense been present with us he's not limited like we are to time and space he's everywhere all at once but whilst God may have always been present he has not always been with us 
And by with us, I mean in the way that my team are with me in a game of charades or charades, however you say it. Um, I'm really competitive, so I know what it's like to be on the best team. Um, and uh, you, you know that moment when uh, your team, like you're all on the same page and you think in the same way, you're in sync with each other and then the person doing the charade is like doing the most random and obscure actions and movements but you know exactly what they're trying to communicate and you just get it like that. When your team is with you in that way, you're working together, you're of one mind, you're on one accord, you're like a well-oiled machine, and like you are accomplishing greatness. You are just conquering everything, taking down strongholds. But when your team is not with you in that way, well, you can expect frustration, friction, probably a tantrum somewhere along the way. It just doesn't work. But it's not like God is out of sync with us. It's not like God has ever been out of sync with us. If anything, we were out of sync with him. Now, if you've ever been here on your average Sunday at Rehope, then you'll be aware that we start our worship by reminding ourselves of the God who created heaven and earth, who made it perfectly, and he called everything that he had made good, even human beings. And in the beginning, God was with human beings. He was close to them. He was in partnership with them. But then a few late chapters later in Genesis, we, we see that human beings turn to wickedness and, and to evil, and they abandon God's perfect relationship and his goodness, and it's just all this evil stuff starts to spread in the world and spread through God's creation. And since then, we've experienced this feeling of separation and sometimes the separation, it feels like apathy or frustration or sometimes even hatred towards God. And some of us may even feel some of those things now. Some of us may have felt those things previously. But I think this separation is experienced even more deeply in the feelings of guilt and shame. Like the kind of shame that comes from knowing that you've missed the mark somehow, that you know, you, you, you've done something wrong. It's not quite right. And it, and it makes sense. Like, we've all had that feeling of knowing we've messed up, knowing that there's somebody who we've, we've let down, that sinking feeling like, oh, I can't go to them. They're not going to want to speak to me. Knowing that there's going to be a consequence that might be unpleasant, that, that feeling of dread, that need to avoid the person at all costs, to stay as far away from them as humanly possible to, to prevent the consequence that is coming. And I'm sure many of us have felt this way towards God. I know that I have. And if it were left up to us in those situations, then the distance between us and God would just go on forever and ever and ever and ever. But God closed the gap. He sent a seemingly unimportant baby who became the sign for the whole world, that there's no need for separation. God is with us, if we want him to be. He loves us, and his love invites us to come to him, to know him, to receive his love, and to love him back. 
Colossians 1, 19 to 22 um, expresses this perfectly. It says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You are his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are a holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Whilst we were separated from God, it was like we were his enemies. But through Jesus, we are reunited with God. We can now have peace with God. The arrival of Emmanuel means no more fear of coming to him because he has come to us. Jesus came to wipe away all the guilt and all the shame so that we can take hold of the promise of peace. And through him, we become God's friends. And even more than that, we become God's children. I'm like, what an amazing hope we have that God will not reject us. He accepts us. He welcomes us in with open arms. Jesus is the Prince of Peace because he is our peace. And through him, we have the certain hope that we get to be with God, not just now, not just in 2024, but forever. What an amazing hope. And uh, in the same chapter of Colossians, uh, verse 17, it says, he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning Supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. So Jesus brings us peace with God, but he also brings us peace with people. He holds all things together, and that includes human beings. So if we look around this room, I mean, I can see you all, um, but like we're a bunch of different people, like from different walks of life, different cultural backgrounds, different experiences, different economic backgrounds, just everything different. And many of us might struggle to find something in common to like bring us together. But when we come here together, we come for one reason, Jesus. Our shared love for Jesus unites us. But we're not just your average social club. You know, our unity is so much deeper than that because uh, verse 18 says that the church is the body of Christ. And a body is made up of various different parts, but every single part works together to allow the body to do what it intends to do. And if there's conflict in the parts, things aren't working and everyone in the body suffers. But when there's peace, we thrive. Let's be honest, if we're left to our own devices. We're going to struggle to even achieve peace, let alone maintain it. But Jesus, our head, brings us together, binds us together, and holds us together in perfect peace. In the carol, O Holy Night, uh, the third verse says, Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love. 
and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. The arrival of Jesus is the arrival of peace because he teaches us to love each other, to care for each other, to lift those who are oppressed, to value each other as brothers and sisters, and to maintain our unity of peace by loving each other as much as we love ourselves. Out of the peace that we receive from God, we are positioned to make peace with each other. And it's a wonderful privilege to be able to bless others by making peace. And God promises to bless us as we do that. When Jesus was born, everything changed, including the way that people related to each other. Just look at the disciples, uh, the people who followed Jesus, like a bunch of misfits, randomers, people who would probably not like each other, let alone spend any time with each other, never would have associated with each other. And yet they're together, doing life together, following Jesus together. This Advent, we can celebrate how Jesus has brought us together. He's made us a part of the biggest family on earth. And he's with us, working through us, teaching us day by day what it means to live in peace with each other. And it's such a privilege to be a part of that. So we have peace with God. We have peace with each other. And these two statements are true, no matter what, no matter how you feel. Like, they are true. We have peace. God is with us. God is for us. The creator and ruler of the heaven and earth is on our side. He's on our team. And that changes everything. Like, if God is on our side, then it means that we can trust him. And it means that we can depend on him. It means that he is working for us and through us to achieve the same goal. Like, the same thing that we want, God wants it too. And he is a good God, he's a kind God, and he'll never take away his presence from us. He'll never take away his love from us. He keeps his promises. We can trust him, no matter what. And that, in that truth, that is where we find true peace, despite the circumstances that we're in. Right there. But Jesus does also bring peace to our circumstances. And as I was thinking about peace, the story that came to my mind was in Mark 4, 35 to 39. I'm just going to summarize. So Jesus and the disciples get in a boat. They're going to cross the lake. And as they cross the lake, the storm rises up and there's huge waves and there's wind and the waves are crashing into the boat and the boats start to fill up with water and they think it's going to sink. And the disciples are panicking and all the while Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. And the disciples rush to wake him up and they say, don't you care that we're going to drown? And Jesus wakes up and he commands the waves, peace, be still. And immediately the wind stops and there's a great calm. It's easy to be like disciples in the moment of complete panic when it feels like our situations are going to overcome us and we're going to drown but we can run to Jesus. He sees and he knows and he cares. Our Advent verse today reminded us that the fullness of God lives in Christ. So he's not just a baby. The baby became a man, but not 
any man. He is the all-powerful God of the universe. And when Jesus commands peace, there is peace. Even the winds and the waves obey him. So we can bring everything and anything to him and trust that he is in control and he will bring peace. This Christmas, maybe he's inviting you into trusting him with even the most complicated and unbearable and impossible things in your life. You can trust him. Last thing, last thing I want to say is this. Don't underestimate the joy that comes from knowing we have each other. We can stand together. We're part of the same team with that well-oiled charade-winning machine. <laughs> no matter what happens, we have a spiritual family that is with us, that is on our side. And I think this time of year, when everyone's making plans and you're going to maybe go visit some family, it's so easy to feel isolated and so easy to feel alone. But I want you to know that you are never alone. And I want you to know that you're part of something special. You belong and you are cherished and you matter. You belong. And if you're someone who is experiencing loneliness, I want you to hold on to that truth. Um, yeah, you, you matter. You belong here. And if you're someone who's not experiencing loneliness this Christmas, um, you have a really cool opportunity to just reach out to somebody and to extend the blessing of peace with someone who is experiencing loneliness. And, like, they may never say anything. They may never speak up. They may never tell you that this is how they feel or this is their situation. So... I want to encourage us to just open our eyes and look around and see each other and care for each other and be invested in each other. Um, and not just now for Christmas, but as we go forward into 2024, like, let's be intentional about sharing peace with one another because it matters and it makes a difference. So that's up for the challenges bit. So um, challenges uh, from me. <laughs> Um, first challenge, share the blessing of peace with a member of our church family this season. So whether it's today and you want to go for a coffee or whether it's next week or whether it's on Christmas Day, like look out for somebody, make sure everyone's got someone this Christmas. And uh, the second one, if you're going through a storm, then I would like to invite you to take the opportunity to bring your storm to Jesus, who will speak peace into that storm. And uh, we have a prayer team, and they're wonderful people, and I'm sure that they would love to pray for you and with you today for the blessing of peace. God bless you.